period. Oscar goes to. Okay, Coda. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the season finale of Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and award show podcast by your two neighborhood friendly film buffs. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt. And each week on this show, we usually uh, take a movie and break it down, but the entire season builds toward the Oscars. And our last episode was our predictions episode. And now we have the post-mortem of the show. So you just heard Coda winning Best Picture, um, the, big, uh, the big winner of the night, uh, that in Dune, which took home the most awards with six. Uh, and then Coda took home three. Uh, but we are here to uh, break down the Oscars, the ceremony, the winners, and the slap heard round the world. Uh, if you haven't already heard enough about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're here to break it down even more because I guess, you know, <laughs> we have things to say too. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let's break it down. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, we'll start with the slap and just get out of the way yeah and if unless you have been living under a rock for the past seven days you know by now that chris rock was uh announcing the award for best documentary and made a poor joke about at the expense of jada pinkett smith uh and will smith comes up on stage and literally slaps Chris Rock across the face, sits back down, and then a half an hour later, later he wins Best Picture, or I'm sorry, Best Actor. And, um, and like, of course, this just, like, has completely taken hold in everything pop culture and even beyond pop culture, just like national news, uh, to the point where it has overshadowed every single other winner. And this is forever going to be known as the slap Oscars. Like, there's just no way around it. Um, and like, frankly, especially because we're doing this a week after the awards, um, I honestly do not have much to say at this point. Number one, because I'm the last person who like has authority to make any sort of comment on this publicly. So, um, but it is, it has been an exhausting week of just coverage of, of this incident. Um, but how do you feel about it, Matt? How was how is your reaction to it, or how has your reaction evolved over the past week? I mean, my my reaction has not changed. I've I've stayed um, pretty consistent in my <clears throat> initial reaction to it. I uh, stopped paying attention of coverage to it of it after like day two, like the night it happened. Of course, like I was in shock, like oh my god. And the next day, kind of soaked in everyone everyone's opinions and. You know, everyone pretty much said the same thing. But like after 
Tuesday. I was like, okay, I, I don't want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> like, like, let's move on. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, of course it was, I, I thought the whole situation was just awful and disgusting. And um, I thought, you know, what Chris Rock said was, it wasn't a great joke. I thought the joke was beneath him, him and his humor. I thought it was, it was just not a well done joke. And Chris Rock is a funny guy. I mean, he's a good comedian. And I thought that was just not a, not a, not Chris Rock material. And then um, I guess, you know, he made it and um, Will Smith is sitting there laughing. You know, we've all dissected every moment of this incident. And like a Zapruder film. Yeah. Because of what? Like a Zapruder film. Yeah. I'm going to pretend I know what that is. (laughs) <laughs> the, the kennedy assassination oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so yeah and then he goes up and slaps him and of course everyone thinks it's like a joke at first and i i mean i thought it was for the first like eight seconds i thought it might have been part of a bit but then just the reaction on will's face like his the anger in his eyes you could see that he was um that this was definitely not a joke um you know part of me saw will smith as like you know, coming to overreacting to the defense of his wife. And then also part of me thought it was a little self-serving of him. And um, I thought in no way, shape or form do I condone violence at all. And I don't think that was the appropriate outlet for him to uh, express his anger towards Chris Rock. You know, yelling from the audience is one thing. It's like, you know, if he just would have said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth from the audience without the slap, that would have been one thing. I would have been, I could have been on board with that, but um, I don't condone any physical violence. And I think, um, you know, <laughs> one, you know, we find out this week that the Academy asked Will Smith to leave. You, know, you don't ask Will Smith to leave just no, before he's No, no, he, he volunteered to leave. That's not true. I heard that he was asked to leave by the Academy and he said no. Was that He, he resigned voluntarily. No, 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 no. The, the, the actual award show. Oh, oh, that was, oh, sorry. I thought... Yeah, I thought you meant like leave the no, no, no academy. I, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, he was asked to leave the award show. Okay, that night, Sunday night, the Oscars, um, and he said no. And I'm like, okay, why are you? Don't ask him to leave. Like, if I walked up and smacked someone in the face because they insulted my wife or girlfriend, I would be grabbed by the arms and thrown out. But because you know he's Will Smith, he gets to get away with it. And, you know, it's just so like, let, let's me- stop, let's stop there for a second, because um, that that is like the the sort of key piece that I think like most people are talking about, and which is like, why was he allowed to stay? And it is and I think my views on this have evolved like over the the course of the past week, because um, I think that is my sort of initial reaction is like yeah you assault someone you should not be able to be at a you know a private event anymore um and now my very muddy sort of opinion on it is that i i think it may have put it released the potential of making a bad situation worse because this is all like allegedly Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock did not press charges. That's a fact, but like um, allegedly the police were on hand to arrest him. If Chris Rock wanted to uh, press charges 
And um, during the commercial breaks, we have video evidence of this too. Like you see a bunch of actors going up to Will Smith, like just going up to him. I don't want to say consoling him because um, we just don't know what those, the extent of their conversations were. But regardless, that brings a veneer uh, a semblance of the room rallying behind him whether that's true or not is another case but it, it, it brings that vision like to mind so uh so like if you if that happens like then you risk like an uproar of of the audience um and i think the the biggest sort of question honestly is who has the authority to to do this like is it the um it's probably not the producer of the show because like it was will packer and he probably doesn't have the authority to do that because he's just like making sure everything runs on time um so then is it like the CEO of the Academy, like who, who does this? And like the answer probably is they have no freaking idea. And so in like the half an hour um, in between like the slap and him winning best actor, like that was like not enough time to figure anything out. Um, I think you can bet your ass that they're going to have a <laughs> something in place uh, by the 95th Academy Awards that like figures out uh, who um, is in charge if like something like this were to transpire. But like that is it's it's it, it's a lot of messy questions I think that it um, that it brings up and it's like not as clear to me as it was on the night of yeah I just I guess I have a completely different um, kind of like outlook I, to me I I'm assuming there is there was some kind of head of production or head of security or head of something that's just under the producer uh, you know I see I see it as kind of a, a chain and you know there's got to be some kind of chain of chain of authority um, I don't even think Will Smith should have been given the opportunity to be consoled by other actors. Um, I think he should have been escorted out immediately then and there. Um, and if there was an uproar, then so be it. Um, then you can see <laughs> everyone's true colors. Um, I don't think, anyway, that's beyond the point because he wasn't escorted out. He was, you know, he was allowed to get his award. Um, and then he gets his award and he gets a standing ovation from the audience, from the crowd. And I thought that was one of the most disgusting displays of the Hollywood elite that I've ever seen. Um, no one in that room should have clapped for that man. In my opinion, um, this is someone who has worked his entire adult life to get this Oscar to get this Academy Award for Best Picture for as long as I can remember. Um, he has been, you know, a leader in Hollywood and he's been really a positive influence. And then, you know, in one, in, in, in one instance, we see that his, in like, in like two seconds, we see his true colors show. Um, just 
getting on stage and hitting someone, I think, tarnishes your entire name and your entire reputation. Um, you know, like just someone who's worked so hard for so long and, and just to ruin it in one in, in like in like a minute. Um, like, you know, and, and, and whether he gets the award or not, it, it he doesn't look good. The situation doesn't look good. And you set a bad precedent for future shows and other members of the Academy. And I just don't think the any part of that situation was good. Um, I think it was disgusting. Um, you know, I, I, I just think it was, I just think it was an, an awful situation all around. Um, and I, like, I, I have a zero tolerance policy for any violence. Like I don't condone any kind of violence at all in terms of like when words are thrown around, like it's, it's not okay to come back and hit someone. I mean, I don't care what you said. That's not okay. Um, and I think Chris Rock, like for, you know, what he said was still was pretty bad. I think I, I think he took it um, and handled the situation exactly the way he should have. Um, and I do, I think he is continuing to handle it well. Um, but time will tell, you know, I just, I, I, I hope he doesn't come out and attack Will Smith, like attack him back or like find some kind of like revenge on him. Um, I just think him staying quiet now is good. And I think he needs to take time. Both of them actually need to take time and assess the whole situation, assess their words. And then, you know, when it's time for them to make some kind of statement, so be it. But I just think right now the whole situation is still very fresh and very new. And it's, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation, <laughs> but that's just my two cents. And um, I hope we can start the process of healing and moving on from this. Um, Cause I don't think, you know, and I really hope this doesn't tarnish like the Oscars in the future. I mean, obviously next year it's going to be joked about and talked about um, depending on the show, but I just hope it doesn't tarnish the name of like the Oscars and the Academy. You know, this is like, a lot of us really do look forward to this and a lot of us really do care about the Oscars and the ceremony. And I just, I hope that this doesn't like reflect badly on the show in the future, um, which I'm afraid that, that it will. This was the most golden globey the Oscars have ever been, mm -hmm. but only because of one incident. It's all, it's so ironic because they were so concerned about ratings and the ratings were about like 16 million, which is up from the 10 million low of last year, but still nowhere near the zenith that it was 20 years ago. And that's never coming back, frankly. But nonetheless, they got, they got what they wanted. <laughs> they, I mean, they got this like moment that everyone talked about with the Oscars. So it's, I don't think they, they didn't want it to happen that way, but that's how it happened nonetheless. And, um, and this is like more, this is like a celebrity story rather than a, movies story because um like the most that it like really has to do with uh, the movies is really just the academy itself and um what if anything um the academy can do i mean the academy was already in a 
bad spot before the Oscars. And now they're, now they have to do even more soul searching mm-hmm. than, uh, than they did before. So there's, they have a lot to, um, a lot to figure out. Um, because I was thinking back like to the last, this was even more shocking, I think, than the Moonlight La La Land um, switch up from like all the accounts that I've heard from people who have been in the room for both occasions, uh, because like the Moonlight La La Land uh, switch up was sort of just confusion at worst confusion. And with this, it was more like just stunned silence. There was a complete shift in tone (laughs) in the awards after that. Honestly, I mean, Poor, poor Questlove, who wins the award, you know, right after and still gives this like great, lovely speech, but still all anyone can think about, you know, through Questlove's win, through Jessica Chastain's win, through Jane Campion's win and Coda's win is like literally all anyone can think about and talk about is like the Will Smith slap. So it's it overshadowed all of the winners that happened um, happened after after that moment. But um, digressing a little bit, the point of my diatribe <laughs> was that um, since the La La Land Moonlight mix-up, there has been there's only been one good quote unquote year that like when I think about or one normal year, sorry, not good. One normal year when I think about the Oscars in the last five years. So I think of like 2016, it was that La La Land Moonlight debacle for 2017 um, was I think the only normal year, which was the Shape of Water winning best picture. Mm. Average normal, like n- nothing good, nothing bad, very neutral. Uh, year after that was Green Book, got a lot of negative press for Green Book winning. And then the year after that was Parasite and that got a lot of, good press i think for winning so that was their best year but um uh and then the after that i think was the uh, the year nomadland won but like was known for quote-unquote awkward ceremony just like being outdoors pandemic-y in, in that train station and of course um chadwick boseman losing so like that got I would say more negative press. And now this all like also gets negative press. So they have had way more negative stories, one good story and one neutral story, like over the last five years. So that's not good. <laughs> that is a bad track record. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I hope we can find a way to fix it. It's, you know, who knows, who knows what'll happen next year, but well, what the Academy's solutions, at least if this year's or any indications, a good segue, finally, away from the slap, is to, uh, number one, cut eight categories from uh, the oh ceremony. God. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was a completely missed opera, or I'm sorry, uh, mistake, uh, because this ceremony ran 20 minutes longer than last year's ceremony where they kept Mm -hmm. those categories and they had last year they had 
no limit on speeches. They did not cut people off last year. And, and this year we get eight truncated speeches. And uh, like, so if you, they wanted it to get it in a tight three hours, mission failed. Yeah, really. It's, you know, again, like, what's the point, you know, of cutting them? <laughs> it's just like, it, it's so whenever. And like, I, I really don't think anybody finds any even the people who aren't like you know huge oscar fans finds anything positive out of cutting eight categories it's i think there's like a unanimous consensus here that's like okay like there's no point like why and even like they're even still playing the speeches and they're still playing like the winners and introducing them which is take takes up still takes up time and like they weren't cut you know they weren't actually cut cut they were just cut a little bit like the time was cut a little bit um but yeah, I mean, they, it still went over and like, like, who cares? Like, who cares that it's over three hours? Like, I just think it was a, it's just, it's a slap in the face. Slap, no pun intended. God. Oh, oh, I didn't even pick yeah. up on that. <laughs> but I, That just like, that just yeah. like came out. That was literally no pun intended. Yeah. But um, no, it really is a slap in the face to, um, to filmmakers. And I'm on the side of adding more categories if, if we want to be honest, but um you know, it's, you know, they've cut categories, they've combined categories, and now they're just, like, doing a pre-show for the some of these categories. I just think, you know, it's it's just a mistake. And I just, I really hope next year that they put them back in. And I hope this doesn't, like, like, set a precedent for, like, the future, like, future shows. Like, okay, we cut them one year, so we can cut them every year and, like, just cut them out entirely from here on out. Like, it's, that's not a good thing. Just a lot of, like, this is, like, just not a good Oscars all around. <laughs> yeah. As I mean, far as, it, like, the production goes. It just didn't, it didn't accomplish the goal that they were trying to accomplish, which was to shorten the ceremony. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. And I had said this uh, in our uh, predictions episode, uh, or one episode prior, saying, like, okay, sure, fine, Oscars, try it, see how much it bombs, and you'll learn your lesson. And so mm-hmm. uh, guess what? We tried it. It didn't really work. And I hope yeah. they learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah. And then they added in, you know, these like popular categories, whatever the, whatever they're trying to do, like in terms of like the popular categories, which was a total, a, another total miserable failure. It, something else that just did not make sense to me at all. And, you know, like you were saying last week that like, you know, the, the Twitter bots are going to come out or like the Zack Snyder people are going to come out in droves. And of course, like, army of the dead wins best popular film like does one does anybody care two that is definitely not the most uh, that is not the most popular film of the year but um like loudest cheer moment like what is your like what is your end game here like i like that like none of that made sense to me whatsoever it just it was embarrassing and cringeworthy especially the like and like i was reading like a lot of like um like critics on on Twitter, um, who just all were pretty much in agreement that that was just not, <laughs> it was, it was just not necessary. It, it, it was, just it was more it was so weird. funny to me. I, I cared less about that one because it, it, it's not an Oscar. It's just a recognition in the middle of the ceremony and it's a pure ratings ploy just at the hope that the people who voted would tune in. And, and so it's just really kind of 
funny to me that they um, did it. It was very quick and it did not go down the way I expected it to. It was a countdown. It was just like a montage countdown right, right before a commercial break, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought they would have, I thought they had said that there were going to be, you know, fans who would be on stage, like giving the award. And to be honest, I think this dueled as a Spider-Man attempt, like an, an attempt to acknowledge Spider-Man, the like biggest film of the year. And had it won properly, I think they would have given it a moment. I think they would have less swept it under the rug it was they did this in a way that drew like the least amount of attention to it that i don't think anyone noticed it who wasn't paying attention to it already Mm -hmm. so um had spider-man won they would have had like a moment on stage and like everyone like applaud do a little spider-man montage and then uh and then that's that Yeah. yeah speaking of montages though um Okay, you want you want cut for time something. Uh, the worst montage, in my opinion, was the James Bond montage, and uh, which they got like Kelly Slater and like Tony Hawk and Sean White to do a James Bond montage. What? Uh, okay, no, I'm like, if you're gonna do a James Bond montage, then why don't you just invite the former James Bond actors? So. And they did one 10 years ago. They did yeah. one for the 50th anniversary. Like, why did we do this random, like, 60-year anniversary thing for James Bond? And they're going to do another one for 70 or 75, probably. We did a whole bunch of anniversaries this year. Like, Juno and The Godfather. I get The Godfather, but, like, Juno and... Was there something else, too? I, but I'm like... Pulp why? Fiction. Pulp it Fiction, is- yeah. Pulp Fiction for you know the 28th anniversary of Pulp yeah, Fiction. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I don't know. They were like, can we get Uma Thurman and John Travolta out here like to dance? It's I guess this is our last chance. I, I don't know. That, that, that was very it was just it was very weird. It was like there was no explanation at all. <laughs> so well, they just didn't really do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, like it was more so just for the purpose of getting them together like i don't i don't know there wasn't really much beyond that (laughs) so there wasn't like really any good bits you know to do the the godfather one i thought was kind of bizarre honestly um because they just sort of like come out and i think and i'm pretty sure francis ford coppola was the only one to speak i think al pacino and robert de niro were dead silent the whole time and they just give like again like a sort of montage of the godfather Um, yeah like okay cool strange yeah i thought they were gonna give best picture but it was lady gaga and liza minnelli okay coda okay yeah yeah i hope liza minnelli's okay she's like uh, yeah, I, don't, I know i i don't think we're gonna have her unfortunately but but lady gaga who's becoming this like bridge to like an older older generations like you think of like her and tony bennett and mm-hmm. then you know seeing her on stage with lady gaga so um 
she yeah. like she handled that situation I think very well yeah Lady Gaga is very vocal about um like inspirations and like <clears throat> like how like these older 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 old old singers are extremely inspirational to her and like how she would like would love to sing like with all these people so like you can see how much of like of a fan and how much she really cared about Liza Minnelli when she was up there I thought it was very sweet actually she was like when she like leaned down and was like I got you it's I thought yeah I thought it was so very too. sweet so yeah. um I, I I think Lady Gaga all around is a an amazing human being um and an amazing and one of the like probably the most talented one of the most talented if not the most talented singer today um but yeah I thought that was very sweet um I think maybe we ought to not have Best Picture be announced by oh. <laughs> elderly people. Yeah. I, I hope that it's not too offensive yeah. of a term. I don't know if I would, would describe yeah, elderly. Was Jane Fonda. Okay, so Jane Fonda did great. Jane yeah. Fonda did Parasite fantastically. So did Rita Moreno in um, Nomadland. Um, but like you it's kind of a crapshoot uh, because uh well because you think of um of uh, what's his name uh warren Beatty and faye dunaway, faye dunaway. Yeah. yeah like screwing Oops. up the <laughs> best picture so it's um see at least like but like that's a screw up like we can like look back and kind of laugh on like oh like that was like momentous you know whereas like <sighs> this this one will always be tarnished for the slap and it's just like like that's kind of like what I like see out of all that. Like I just like the lot. Like I compare it. Like we're all like everyone's comparing it to the La La Land mess up. And like I just like I think the La La Land mess up was totally, totally, totally different. Um, like yes, it was like weird and awkward, but it was also looking back, it's kind of funny. Like we can joke on it. Whereas like this Oscars, we can't really joke about. I mean, we can. We probably will joke about it in the future, but it. I don't think any jokes will be really that funny about it. Um, I think it's more akin to Kanye West um, storming the stage at the VMAs and yeah, like, it's like Beyonce had the best video of all time. And yeah, at least he didn't smack Taylor Swift. Well, like that's the video music awards. Yeah. Like people, like the bar is pretty low for the video music awards, you know? And I think the Oscars come with maybe an unspoken level of... Um, Charm, charisma, yeah, or <laughs> decorum, 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 yeah. yeah, and and this was not like befitting of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was beneath everyone there. Um, but anyway, I will say, I will say one um, kind of shifting gears to a positive uh, part of the Oscars. I I love the hosts. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you. I did too. Yeah, I thought Amy Schumer was hilarious. I thought Regina Hall was on her a game and Wanda Sykes, I thought was really good. I like Wanda Sykes too, but um, I thought, I thought Amy Schumer just was amazing. And I actually, I thought she handled the slap like afterwards really great. Um, like this is exactly why you need hosts because you need someone yeah. to like diffuse any sort of those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she, like, I feel like until she came out, it was very, it was, of course it was very, very, very tense, but um, Amy Schumer has a way of, she's very talented working a room she's uh she's like she's as comedians are she's a great comedian um and i mean granted i don't love all of her jokes but i think she has a she has a charisma on stage that really works uh and i think like i think it really came through after the whole slap incident you know um 
she like made a joke about it being very awkward and very tense. And I think, I think that definitely lightened the mood a little bit and like leading into the end of the show. Um, she definitely helped, but I thought like, I just thought like her throughout her and like, um, Regina Hall, I thought were like two of the best parts of the show. <laughs> she was, I thought they were so, I thought their jokes were like just on point. And I like, I, I don't know if it's kosher or not, but Regina Hall's joke about bringing all the single men backstage for testing, I thought was great. <laughs> I don't know, like if it was contra- I haven't read much about it, but um, I don't know if it was that controversial or not. But I thought it was so so fun. I thought that was like one of the best like bits, <laughs> like like I've seen in recent Oscar history. Um, well- it's controversial, but probably not for the reason that you're thinking. Yeah. Um, it was because uh, that was the first joke in the night at um, Will and Jada's expense. Oh, really? she, yeah. Um, she was like calling up like basically all the hot men in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, Will Smith. And she's like, oh, wait, we're, we're not sure about you and, <laughs> and your marriage. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that wasn't like a direct right. joke at there right. was like a joke at the two of them together, which I think, right. is, you know, in his mind, it's fine. But and also Regina Hall isn't a threat to Will Smith. Like I think like Chris Rock is because um, I know Chris Rock and Will Smith have had some beef in the past. Um, and, and Regina, like, Regina Hall and J.D. Pickett Smith were both in Girls Trip together. Right. Right. So they they have that dynamic already. Yep. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I thought that joke was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I thought I. I I, I would love to see see them come back. To be honest, I, oh, I, had, a fun, oh, that, I had a fun yeah. time with them. Yeah. Um, well, well, what I think they what they really Oscars really need to do because it was in when it was announced, it was an odd pairing in the sense that it was like, okay, yeah, we we generally like these people, but uh, like, where's the connection? <laughs> like, where? How do they fit into the picture? And ultimately, I don't think that mattered. Yeah, I don't uh, like, but um, the the point of that being is they got who they could get. Um, it was reported that they did try to get um, uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and um, Selena Gomez to host, uh, but they couldn't because of scheduling conflicts. So yeah. I know they're filming season two right now. Yeah. Well, part of the solution behind scheduling conflicts is to lock someone in early. If you want, like, if you want Tom Holland and Zendaya to host the Oscars, like, talk to them right now <laughs> and mm-hmm. get them to, you know, block off the month before February 2023. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to be that early next year. Thank the lord uh, maybe because this was the longest it was the longest oscar season felt so long it felt even longer than last year which was technically longer but like was at least a little bit more spread out so yeah um, and we were also all like at home too i don't know and this one like like they were spread out like in terms of like coming out later in the year and but like this one it kind of the schedule was back kind of back to normal. So yeah, it just, it seemed long, much longer. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm, what I'm what no, no, is, actually, <laughs> this. Um, so this does lead into 
like the winners, which kind of like at least want to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> talk about the winners a little bit on an Oscars recap episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unheard of. Uh, okay. So by it by this year being so long and that gave them like so much time to campaign and we get all these sorts of precursor awards and allow the narrative to shift right of just um all these things happening like if the oscars were a month ago i don't think coda wins best picture so um it that built up a lot of momentum and apple ran a flawless campaign <laughs> clearly mm-hmm. um from start to end uh to get them to win best picture and um but that that gave us a lot of time to simmer with these precursor wins and like what do these mean and allow the cases for momentum and this created for frankly really predictable winners (laughs) um if you go back and listen to our predictions episode every single winner was something that for the most part we mentioned in the will win and if we didn't mention it it was like in the same breath like Uh we we talked about it and brushed on it so it was it was discussed, which is like why we don't have a lot to say about like the quality of the winners, truthfully, because I feel like we've already covered that. But like, it just created for really predictable Oscars. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very predictable. It was so that like it was it was so predictable to the point where like there was just a point where it's like okay, these winners like it's just it's not fun. Like, I know there was like I know you had said last week like you changed your mind from jessica chastain to penelope Penelope cruz Cruz. that was yeah yeah, that was my biggest swing because i was like oh there's going to be one Mm -hmm. like upset quote unquote and i was like sure and sure enough like the biggest upset came in the shorts categories like come on and so uh so no everything else went see i loved it I, i i love the shorts because like I crammed them. I crammed them in before the Oscars, like a couple weeks before the Oscars, and like they're they're the ones that are so fresh in my mind. So I'm like, kind of gung ho for like all of them. By the way, I just watched We Were Bullies last night, and that was like god awful. Like, do not recommend. Two out of ten. Um, why were we nominated for an Oscar? Like, oh, not good. Um, but yeah, like I love the shorts categories. It's just, I think the shorts are like so much fun to watch because you can watch them in such a short amount of time, um, and just like cram them in. And it's just, it's fun. I, I think they're fun. I think they're fun to watch just because they're shorter movies. And I think it's, um, I don't know. I just don't think the shorts, obviously, like, they're not getting their, the like, their due. But, um, yeah, they're enjoyable. Yeah. I mean this from a, I, I adore the shorts from an artistic perspective. I mean from a predictions perspective. The, no, yeah. the shorts are notorious for being difficult to predict because mm. uh the, for the most part you don't know how many people have watched them and right right so it's it's very hard um and they don't have like the sort of standard campaigns behind right. them so like so what i mean by when i was like rolling my eyes at it the upsets happening in the shorts categories is like every time it's a it's an upset because like you don't there is no upset because it's so on it's those ones are always the most difficult to predict mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, yeah um and so the fact that there weren't any upsets in any feature length 
category. Yeah. Really predictable. Do you remember when my octopus teacher went? (laughs) Last last year. (laughs) My God. Oh, well. (laughs) Two years in a row of uh, a lot happening in Best Documentary. I know, I know. But I, I was happy. Um, the Queen of Basketball one. I actually really like that. I, love I know, that me too. Movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, although, like, and Riz Ahmed uh, won his Oscar. Yay! Yes, yeah. See, I think that was the most predictable. <laughs> Just oh, that happy. was yeah of the shorts. Like yeah. that was the that was the only one that was like really a a, a surefire bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, documentary, I I thought Summer of Soul was great. I thought uh, I so I kind of like clumped documentary into like with the shorts as well. Just I don't know. Um, but I I thought Summer of Soul was great and I'm glad it won. Um, but I really loved Attica. <laughs> I thought Attica was my personal favorite. Um, so unfortunately, but I, I'm very happy for Questlove. And um, again, like that was really unfortunate timing. For him to get his win um but like oh my god that is just oh, i feel so bad for him um but yeah i mean i i'm 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 very happy for him um but if you uh, haven't seen attica check it out <laughs> yeah um stanley nelson who directed attica um did win the dga for that he beat Questlove. he won the director's guild award prize for that too mm-hmm. so um so they're uh at a at least throughout the complete uh, almost complete dominance of summer of soul attica did win uh, yeah. biggish ones so, yeah yeah I, more than biggish that is i think that's probably the second biggest outside of the the oscars yeah um one of my old bosses actually worked on attica so uh lauren if you're listening <laughs> congratulations on your nomination and cool. she got to go to the oscars so it was very cool it was very cool to see her instagram so um but yeah so that was cool to see uh i don't know what else what else what else uh, well this is tied to the shorts a little bit um and this is also tied to uh best picture uh netflix the netflix of it all um netflix didn't really have a good night nope. um what do i say one- they won best director jane campion yeah. won best director and that is a huge award it is the second biggest award so like that is big in itself However, they didn't really win anything else, <laughs> like literally anything else. So, and it it sort of begs this question of, is there an anti-Netflix bias? How real is the anti-Netflix bias, I think is um, my rhetorical question. Because between this, um, The Irishman and Mank, or movies that got a lot of nominations and very few wins. I think three wins among those three. <laughs> mm. So um, I think there's a lot of anti-Netflix, or I think there is a lot of anti-Netflix bias. Um, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. 98% of the stuff on Netflix is utter garbage. Like, it's like, honestly, it's turned into the Hallmark channel, like, but the streaming service. Um, it's like, I don't like Netflix. I don't like the stuff on Netflix anymore. I think there was a time when Netflix had good, like good material when it had like very, like when it had few shows on there, like I thought the shows were good, but now they just throw anything into the wall that sticks. And I think um, people get lost in the confusion of what's good, what's bad, what's Oscar material, what's just 
total garbage on there. And I think like 98% of it is garbage. And I just like, I, I just think it's like the whole Netflix platform is just junk. I never watch Netflix anymore, except for when like I have to with the Oscar, when Oscar nominees are on there, but like, I just, I, I just had to say it. Like, I just have to give it off my chest. Well, this, I mean, this, this is what I mean by how reels and anti-Netflix bias, because like yeah. we're not voting on best studio. Um, so like if you're looking at The Lost Daughter, like I, I really don't think there are people out there who are like, I'm not voting for The Lost Daughter because I don't like Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think those people exist in the academy no i don't think so but i just think it's frustrating that people have to like fish through like the movie about what the we talked about with mary kate people having sex with fish aliens and after to, to find the lost daughter and power of the dog it's just it's like like can we have a like steady voice <laughs> or something on netflix like can we have a steady like stream of film and shows like quality stuff I mean, and not but- like just anything that sticks well, like, I mean, that doesn't, like, matter in the context of the Academy Awards because, mm-hmm. like, the Academy Awards are, you know, awarding the um, the good stuff. And they have, and the Academy has their own platform, which is probably where most, most of them watch, you know, right. the nominated and the four-year consideration um, mm-hmm. films. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the Academy has taste they don't like they're not inviting the uh the people who are you know making the movies that we're talking about with um with mary kate you know (laughs) so um so you have to you know it's we're talking about prestige here we're talking about like the the workers who um are invited to the academy and participate in the academy mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. know prestigious people it's not everyone yeah well i'm my i think my point is just that like i think that's why that netflix bias is there i think that's part of the reason why that netflix bias is there just not in terms of like the quality of of what's on it but i think that's um i think it's just i think people just have a bad taste of netflix in their mouth um in, in terms of the studio, that's just, a, it's just a theory. But. So it, it it begs the question of what does Netflix do with this? Because they're now 0 for 4. Let's throw Roma into this too. Roma did, did well at the Oscars. Roma took home several Oscars and, um, but didn't win Best Picture. And so like, Netflix clearly wants this. Like they clearly want this best picture. And I think by giving Jane Campion best director, by giving um, Alfonso Cron best director, um, and even still and nominating David Fincher and Martin Scorsese, uh, they give these directors blank checks to make their passion projects. And the I think the filmmakers, uh, members of the Academy, respond to this and they're like hey these are really great movies we're we're really glad netflix you have so much money that you can you can do this and um allow these filmmakers to make um best these great movies but but without giving them picture um and if netflix has tried the strategy you know throughout the last five years and 
has not succeeded yet. It makes me wonder if they're going, how much they're going to rethink the, that strategy. Um, whereas Apple, which just won best picture, Apple TV plus just won its best picture before Netflix did. Uh, so streaming movie has one best picture. So this is not necessarily an anti-streaming bias, even though I think that maybe is where it started as an as a streaming bias, but then the pandemic happened. So um Apple bought Coda. Like this was um a Sundance film, like premiered at Sundance and they paid $25 million for it. Like they paid a record amount of money for it, which was clearly worth every single penny. And uh it makes me wonder how much Netflix might look to do that in, instead. They do do that. Like Passing, for example, was at the same uh, Sundance that Coda was at. So um, so they do do that to the extent, but they like may end up putting more of their money behind that. Um, but Apple, like Apple's like not the underdog in this, you know, sort of situation it's it's you never put apple as an underdog in anything um but like they're doing the netflix thing like this year we're getting they commissioned killers of the flower moon from martin scorsese so they are doing the same exact thing with martin scorsese no less of giving a world-renowned director a shit ton of money uh to make a movie that uh he wants to make and um so it'll be interesting to see how the response is now to apple doing that yeah i think the difference between like killers of the flower moon and like coda it's like killers of the flower moon is going to get nominated for nine to eleven oscars and it's going to be deserving of best picture whereas coda is like I have thoughts on Coda. <laughs> it's like a watered down. Like I think Coda is fine. I think Coda is fine. I do not think Coda is anywhere near best picture quality. Um, and I like for the life of me, I I will never understand how it won. Um, but like, I don't have a problem with like the formula and the way it works. Like like giving people a blank check. Like I. Um, and like doing the Netflix thing, like I think it's going to be, I think Killers of the Flower Moon is just going to be great. Um, but I just, oh my God, like, how, like, how did we get here with Coda again? <laughs> well, like, um, it, it, it really sort of um, gets me thinking about like the nature of Best Picture, really. Um, yeah. I am glad Coda won. Um, one from a representational re- representational standpoint, yes, um, and I think that's been covered to to death. Um, but I think um, it, it's it's interesting because like art is subjective, right? And mm-hmm. like the term best picture is subjective. So like if we give best picture every single year to like the critically like the critics favorite every single year. It, it uh, frankly becomes less interesting <laughs> over time. And um, I think by giving it to other, you know, other sorts of movies, sorts of movies makes it far more interesting. So like, I like this like 
this kink that like Coda put into this <laughs> into film Twitter's armor, essentially of of um, best picture quality ish. Like, and what does it mean? And you know, like it's a good reminder kind of like at the end of the day like literally this is all made up <laughs> this, this, i mean it's true it's it's we just like oh it's all made up. yeah we just like literally assign meaning and quality to things because like it's just fun to give out awards and like ultimately at the end of the day that's kind of what um what the oscars are so um so like i'm glad coda won to give that reminder to folks even if it wouldn't have been my pick <laughs> and you really find a <laughs> light in everything yeah. uh but no i mean no nah, i mean that's a good that's a that's a that's a nice way to look at it less cynical than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um yeah but anyway i uh I don't know. I don't know what else. What else? To, uh, I, I mean, there's obviously a lot to cover, but um, I just feel like like we covered it all <laughs> this whole season. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, one because the Oscars were um, so predictable, and we've yeah. seen all these um, these things before. But we've um, we've uh, you know talked about them, talked about them uh, all season, and yeah. we're preparing for these mo- these moments. We are yes. I'm glad we we didn't record this episode the night of because there were just just been way too many hot takes. <laughs> yeah, had a week to uh, to digest, if you will. Process. So, yes. All right. Well, it's been a fun season. Fun season, and maybe uh, this time next year we'll be talking about Killers of the Flower Moon. Hopefully, hopefully, in the Fablemans. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be a big year. <laughs> so we say that every year, but it, it really will be a big year. <laughs> for those who are for those of you who are wondering, Andrew and I did do our predictions for 2023. I have we have read them to each other the night of and sealed them up, so I cannot access them unfortunately. Um, unless you really want me to. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, uh, but we will read it next year when the nominations are announced. Announced. I think we've got some good ones on there. I'm actually really excited for next year's Oscars. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of big names and a lot of big movies. So big, big, big. Because those that it always pans out that way, right? We're mm-hmm. always right about everything. Always right, on. always. And then there's going to be like movies like Coda that just come out of nowhere. Exactly, exactly. I think all of my directors next year are like all white men. Oh nope, I have uh, there's one one woman, um, Olivia Wilde. For directorial debut, yeah. It, um, I mean, it it, it says a lot, uh, obviously, about like the industry, but um, what we perceive to be "quote unquote" Oscar movies uh, ahead of time. So you're like not wrong for picking any of those, uh, mm-hmm. but it's uh, this is how um, <laughs> these are how like ideas and biases happen because we just assume right right they're, exactly. they're going to be like best picture quality yeah so 
And it's, it's you, it's me, it's, it's everyone. And then it turns out to be total garbage. Yeah. <laughs> hire us, Academy. We can fix you. <laughs> don't hire me. I don't want my name in <laughs> you, you can do all yeah. of it. <laughs> all right. Crisis well, management. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Anything else? Any other thoughts on this year's show? Uh, it's been a fun season. It has been. Looking has forward been to next season. Which I'm excited. Yeah. Which will basically start when we have movies to talk about. <laughs> soon. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. It will we be soon. Start earlier or yeah. later. We have um, The Northman comes out very soon, which I yeah. had on my list last year, <laughs> but got delayed. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll figure it out and let you know when we're back. Um, yeah. But I think it's time for vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Retreat. Never a vacation from the movies. All right. I'm never leaving the movie theater again after the last two years of what we've gone through. So, all right. Well, if that's it from you, that's it for me. I'm going to try to do this off script. Um, that's it from us. But thank you so much for uh, being a part of our adventure this season and um, being our loyal listeners. And I guess that wraps it up for season three. Um, but before we leave, we of course love to hear more from you. So, um, if you have any thoughts, opinions on the show, what your favorite moment of it was, or your predictions for next year, let us know. On we are on Twitter at Repeat Step Pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash step and repeat pod. And you can always send us an email at step and repeat pod at gmail.com. Um, we'll read it even in the off season. Um, and if you have time, give us um any reviews. A five-star review would be amazing. Um, and if you do give us a five pod, I'm not gonna ask you for a five-star review, but a five-star review would be appreciated. Um, but any reviews would be amazing. And if you give us a five-star review, we will give you a review of any movie you're choosing, Oscar-worthy or not. So until next season, I think I speak for Andrew when I say it's an honor just to be considered. <laughs>